to slam into table or china or crystal or grass-padded earth, the one thing I wasn't anticipating were a firm pair of hands. Why, hello there. His voice dropped an octave until it hit the desired level of overdone seduction. You didn't need to go to such extreme measures if you wanted to end up in my arms. All you had to do was ask. You're mental. I said, blowing away the mess of hair covering my face. But thanks, I offered, finding myself positioned in Patrick's purposefully flexed arms. His gift of teleportation was as equal a blessing as it was a curse. You're a lifesaver, Patrick, Abigail said, circling the table I'd nearly face-planted into. I don't know about that, but I am a saver of all material things of a fragile state. He grinned, looking down at me. Including you. The way he was staring into my eyes, so intently it was almost possessive, made me uncomfortable. I shifted my eyes and my body, trying to free myself from both embraces. He released me but only just enough so that my body slid full form down his, and now, as if things weren't awkward enough, Patrick's face was flushing. His face never flushed. Uh, Patrick? I said, peering at Abigail and Cora, who both looked as uneasy as I felt. You can let go of my hips now. His grip loosened, but the intensity in his eyes didn't recede. In all of Patrick and my encounters, many had been of the close kind. Toppling, somersaulting, sparring, flat-out brawling our way through strength and talent training had positioned our bodies in more precarious positions than William would like to know about. But never, not a single exception, had I witnessed the emotion spilling from Patrick's eyes at present. I'll give you one more second to remove them of your own accord before I pry them off her hips. A good-natured voice emitted behind us, causing Patrick's eyes and hands to fall in unison. I spun around in full elation mode, leaping into another set of arms at the same time I threw my arms around his neck. And I was all instinct from then on. You made it, I whispered, feeling a month's worth of tension dissipate in a heartbeat. William's face pulled back from our embrace, just enough so he could look me hard in the eyes. Oh, God, I'd missed those eyes. Did you really think I wouldn't? His voice was light, but his expression wasn't. It was as serious as I'd seen it that I'd missed the day where I was promised an eternity with you. I was still waiting to wake up from the dream, when Charles had made a promise that I'd become a Hayward in exchange for William fulfilling his chosen one calling. I wasn't sure whether fate had decided to fight fair, or if it was just building me up so the fall would be that much harder. The rumors had started the day after. The same day William had been sent off on a mission to such a remote location, the satellite phone had a tough time holding a connection. That should have been my first hint that fate was putting together a particularly nasty surprise.
The rumors that Charles and the council had no intention of granting a betrothal or a unity to William and me, but since they couldn't renege on their promise for fear of William reneging on his, I would be promised to a Hayward, as Charles had so carefully put it that day in his office. But not the Hayward I wanted. There was only one other Hayward, and it was the one that had just had his fingers and stare fastened on me. When I'd let my mind wander down that path, Patrick and me united. Well, let's just say there wasn't enough time in the day to cringe, cry, or convulse. But I wasn't letting Charles, the council, Patrick, or fear in general ruin anything more between William and me. I was marching forward with him, head high and hopes even higher. No, of course I didn't think you'd miss it, I said, sweeping my gaze over him, taking in as much of him as I could. But there are these little things known as circumstance, chance...